Holly G with the Golf Insiders. It is day one of the last leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the ultimate prize, the Tour Championship at East Lake in Atlanta, Georgia. And a lot of breaking news coming out of the press conference at uh, East Lake yesterday with PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan sweeping changes to the PGA Tour announced yesterday and how players are compensated, and he was right there asking many of the questions among the media. Bob Herrig from SI.com. Good morning. Hey there. How are you? Well, trying to digest all of this, Bob, and um, basically there were four pieces of this future schedule changes and the compensation to the players. Do you want to walk through those for me? <laughs> or, I can, start? or I can lead you. The first was... You, the, you start and I'm going to try. I'm uh, going to try. We've uh, got, got a lot to learn and figure out. Here, uh, so. that, that is the truth. And see if we can make sense out of it to my listeners. So, number one was the creation of top player category. And uh, as I read, top player category category is defined as the players who finish in the top 20 under the current player impact program known as the PIP and players who finish in the top 20 under the revised player impact program criteria. Now, there are probably a bunch of listeners out there, Bob, that have no idea what we're talking about already. (laughs) So can you uh, start from the top? Yeah, the player impact program is going to be an important thing going forward more than just the money. First of all, they doubled it from $50 million to $100 million. And the winner is going to get $15 million. And, and the, the, the PIP is basically being, being you know, referred to as a popularity contest. It takes into all kinds of measurements like TV broadcast, and although they're getting rid of social media. So a guy who's, like, doing crazy stuff on social media, that stuff isn't going to count. But other things like, you know, uh, Google searches and TV, um, you know, there's metrics, you know, which, of course, if you're one of the top players, you're going to be on TV more. They're going to have to really be transparent about the formula, frankly, because what it's going to do is, in addition to the money, it's going to determine who the following year, 20 players – are going to be considered the top players. And they are expected to play. In fact, they're not expected. They are required to play in all of the elevated events for which they're eligible. Now, for which they're eligible is an important distinction. And I had to get this clarified myself because Ricky Fowler's name keeps coming up here. Right. You know, Ricky's way out of the, in the rankings, FedEx Cup points, you know. He wouldn't be top 20 in any metric other than the fact that he's Ricky Fowler and he's pretty darn popular. And, you know, I think Ricky was in the pip last year. If I'm not mistaken, he was one of the top 10. So my guess is he might might qualify again. But Ricky won't automatically get into the Arnold Palmer, for example, just because of the pip. He would get he If he's eligible for it, he's expected to play it. And he would probably get a sponsor exemption if he's in the pit. So, you know, it's, there's a little bit of a distinction there. People are getting a little bit 
wigged out about this. Oh, they're going with popularity contest. Um, not, not, not really. I mean, these guys are who are who are top twenty in the pip. They still have to have made it into the tournaments on their own. In other words, he's not just going to get into the century tournament of champions. You have to win the tournament or make it to the to the tour championship to get in. He's not getting in the match play. You have to be in the top 64 in the world. To get in the Genesis or the Arnold Palmer, which are 120-player fields right now, you know, there's, there's a pecking order. There's a qualification criteria. If he doesn't meet them and they don't give him a sponsor exemption, he's not going to get in. So, you know, that part of it is a, is a distinction, I think, that has to be made clearer than it wasn't really yesterday. Uh, but... Something, Bob, something that comes to my mind along with that, how do things like uh, sponsors factor in? I mean, let's look at Ricky. Probably probably one of the reasons he's so popular and so well-known is that you see him on about six different ads for different sponsors all over the broadcasts. Yeah, and look, that's that's a... uh, um, that's a benefit to him. I mean, every time he's on there, he's promoting the tour. Absolutely. You know, and so he's going to be rewarded for that. Um, and, you know, this goes to, in my mind, something you and I have talked about a lot is why the whole live thing started, is that there's a sense that the star players aren't rewarded for being stars unless they perform. Well, you didn't get to be a star unless you performed to begin with. But if you have a drop-off, like an injury or a slump, your pay goes down. This doesn't happen in any other sport. This is this is sort of a way to, to reward somebody who reached the top. Tiger's a great example. He didn't hit a shot last year, won $8 million in the PIP. Right. Now it's going to be $15 million. Um, You know, and I think under the, you know, he'll qualify this year under the old criteria. Going forward... To qualify for the PIP, you're going to have to meet the minimum tournament requirement. So, like, starting next year, he wouldn't make it. Um, but this year, under the old criteria, he would. They didn't require playing in any tournaments. Uh, obviously, he played in three. My guess is he'll win it again. Um, but, uh, um, you know, going forward, that will change. You'll be required to play in the events, and he won't meet that standard, and so he won't. He won't. He won't get. He won't get the get the money. In any case, you know, it's they they put this forth, and not all the details are are there. You know, sort of that old line, movie line. You know, shoot first, ask questions later. Right. Um, that's kind of what this is. It's throw it out there, and and we'll we'll get you the details in due course. <laughs> right, and we know uh, this. The tour took quick action based on the player meeting with, you know, Tiger last week. We'll get to more of that in a minute. So the other thing announced that there, as part of uh, this top player category, there'll be a 20-event mandatory schedule for which they must be qualified. And along with that, the announcement of four additional elevated events, correct, Bob? Yeah, that's included in the 20. So uh, it, it, the Travelers, Jay Monahan announced eight elevated events, um, and, and that's, that's the Century, 
Genesis Arnold Palmer Memorial, uh, the match play, that would be five. The Century. Um, uh, yeah, the Century Tournament of Champions, the, the, the three invitationals, the match play. So the players I players and the four majors. Well, the four majors are the four majors. Well, yeah, well, the, that's, the, then there's the three playoff events, which, which gets you to eight. So, like, the, the players doesn't count because, um, well, there, let me back up a sec. If I got to do it off the top of my head, Century, the, the Arnold Palmer, the Genesis, the Memorial is four, the match play is five. Um, I don't think they're counting the players as, as an elevated event. I think they're ex- that's separate yes. than the three playoff events yes. get you to eight. Yes. So that gives you the eight elevated that he announced. Then he said yesterday, four more to be determined. And it sounds like those four are going to rotate. And they have to do that because otherwise there's going to be way too many have-nots on the PGA Tour schedule. I think it, there's, there's basically, if I, if I did the math right, in the, in the new calendar schedule, there's roughly 35 tournaments, including the playoffs. And if you're required to play 20 of them, that means there's 15 that are sort of languishing out there without this. And they, they need to rotate those in, into the, into the uh, um, elevated yeah, events, sure. which they could easily do. That means, like the Honda Classic, for, for example, or the Valspar, in theory, could become a elevated event maybe once every three or four years. Um, and that means that players have to play it. You know, and that's how you spread the wealth a little bit. So, um, so yeah, that's so. There's the 12 elevated events, then the four majors and and the players, which gets you to 17, and then three that they get to pick. So they'll pick three in which they're not all going to be up, but what whatever they choose. So those are the 20, and you're if you're in the pip. You're required to play the 20 or whatever you're eligible for. You'd have to enter what you're eligible for. So, like, it, you know, we, I keep using Ricky, but he's the best example. You know, because Ricky is, is way out of it, but he's, he would clearly be a pip guy. And, frankly, this isn't going to happen much. There might be an outlier or two, you know, that get in the pip um, that, that might not be – at the level of a top 20 player, but right. I doubt they'll be that far off. It's just, I think Ricky is just a, he is just a unique case. Yes. You know, um, somebody like, you know, frankly, Bryson, had he, if he were still on the PGA Tour, would be an example of this. You know, he might have gotten in the pip anyway, even though he's hardly played this year because he was hurt. You know, so, but so Bryson as a major winner, is would be exempt for these tournaments anyway. So it's not an issue. You know, but as a top 20 player, he would be required to enter all of these tournaments for which he's eligible. This is a huge change for the tour because they've never required you to play any tournaments. The 15 that you had to play could be any. You could skip the majors. You could skip the players. You could skip the playoffs if you wanted. be kind of silly, <laughs> but you, you could – and as long as you played 15, you were fine. Now they are telling you there are 17 tournaments that you are that you must play. That's, I mean, that that might be the biggest takeaway from this that's not been hammered home that hard. 
we got we gotten focused on the money and all that stuff. That's, True. That's, that's pretty big. Especially from a fan perspective. And I, I think, was it Rory that um, gave the analogy of, you know, when you uh, you go to watch the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? You know who's going to show up uh, each week for the most part. Remember a couple of years ago in the NBA, there were some teams that were trying to rest stars. And, you know, they play a 41-game home schedule. And, you know, they were going to maybe sit a guy out two or three games. And people went nuts. And the whole point yep. was is we, we pay to see LeBron James, you know. And, and, you know, we bought these tickets in advance, and now he's not going to be there. You know, I mean, golf has never required that. And yet they ask the sponsors to put up the money. and Yeah, it's always been know. throw a dart with a blindfold and hope you hit the bullseye. Absolutely. You never know until the Friday before who's coming. So now you're going to know. Now you are going to know. And, and I think that's a huge change, and it's starting next year. I mean, I think we were all surprised by that, too. I think somebody, I think Doug Ferguson said, so this is for 2024. Um, and uh, and he always, Jay said, oh, no, no, next year. So, like, in the next two months, they're going to designate, they're, they're going to name these four other um uh, elevated events, and you know, whoever is top twenty in the pit, <laughs> we're going to know where they're playing. Yeah, we sh- we sure are. And uh, I uh, suggest to my listeners, if you want to really do a deep dive into this, uh, find out more about this player impact program because we could chew up a whole hour on this topic, Bob. Um, <laughs> you know. Twitter going crazy with a, a lot of these announcements yesterday. Uh, I saw one comment that said, quote, amazing how quick the PGA Tour changed. Only proves Phil Mickelson was right. PGA should have listened and led the way. What's your take? Well, I mean, there's some truth to that. Rory actually answered a question about Phil, and he said Phil handled it wrong. But there was some points that he made that were probably true. So, um, uh, you know, Phil's comments uh, crossed the line probably, and that's what everybody focused on. But if you went down and deep into what he means, that there, there's more money for the top players, the, the top players deserve more money, there needs to be the top players playing together more often, um, he's long advocated a shorter schedule. They're going to get that. Um, you know, a lot of what he's advocated for is happening. You know, and but the, the forum he took it to, and and to be to seemingly be so vindictive against the tour is what is what buried him. And um, but yeah, you know, deep down these guys probably ought to thank him because Liv doesn't get off the ground without him. And and live is the reason, frankly, that they're rushing this to uh, rushing this ahead. Along with all of this conversation, there was the announcement of a partnership between Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, and the former president of the Golf Channel. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, that. Um I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not up to speed completely on exactly what it is. I don't think we. I don't think we all are. It's basically one night. It sounds like they're going to play 18 holes in this 
in this confined area. You know, like you're basically in the same spot. And uh, there's three-man teams, and, you know, not everybody plays every week, and it's to fit into a two-hour window. Um, look, Tiger and Rory are behind it. Apparently this has been in the works for a few years. Um, Tiger's accident had something to do with delaying it. Um, to be honest, I'm a little surprised they're doing this now. They're announcing it now. They're not starting until 2024. They could have probably waited until January um, because yeah. there's so much going on in golf. I'm afraid it's getting a little lost. I, I agree. Um, uh, said it's the playing area will be about three-quarters the size of a football field and feature an adjustable green complex that can be configured based on a specific hole. The stage will also include an oversized launch monitor for full shots along with displays for different kinds of data, shot link, and shot tracking. So, um, you know, certainly I would say a, a made-for-TV event, right, that's combining all kinds of virtual technology, and uh, that appears to be um, the, the key component to this TMRW sports uh, that, that they're launching. I got no problem with it. Why not? You know, if, if it brings eyeballs to, to tour players and, and then those eyeballs are transferred to regular golf, that's a win-win. You know, I, I kind of think this is, to me, it's sort of like Top Golf comes to TV with tour players. It's a little bit of that, I think. I like um, that analogy. And, you know, it's only like a few weeks, six, six weeks in the, in the winter. Monday nights, like from January to maybe March or so. Um, Sounds and, like it's a uh, nice time to bridge the gap there, Bob. Was something, yeah. was something creative and and unique. So yeah. All right, let's talk some golf here. More importantly, we're down to the final four days of the season, Bob. A lot of storylines. You have Patrick Cantlay winning the BMW Championship last week. This guy knows how to turn on the afterburners when it comes to the playoffs, Bob. He's also the reigning FedEx Cup champ. You've got Rory going for three. You've got four players in the mix with three or more victories this year. Sam Burns, Xander Shoffley, Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, two rookies competing. we got all kinds of excitement happening. And, oh, by the way, $18 million to the winner. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny how, you know, all of a sudden – the biggest thing about the FedEx Cup has always been the money, and it's gone up. It was 15 last year. Just a few years ago, it was 10. Right. You know, and so the tour has upped its game with this part of it. Everybody on the tour is getting more money all the way through 150 places in FedEx bonuses. Um, obviously, it's not the kind of money that lives giving people up front, but, um, you know, it's still significant. And yet it's almost become an afterthought now because of this big money we're talking about with Liv. Still $18 million to somebody. He's going to get $17 million in his pocket and $1 million deferred. And I think second place is seven and then maybe six, five and a half. You know, it, it goes down from there. 30th place is getting $500,000. Uh, and uh, so, you know, <laughs> there's not too many places where you show up that are guaranteed $500,000. So that's you know this is a thing that the tour has has sort of made their big their big monetary uh, you know perk 
for the best players. And uh, that still holds true. It still holds true. Um, and as you noted, there's a lot of good, good storylines. I still wish we had a separate tour championship winner. You know, and, I and, agree. And, you know, and, and then a FedEx winner. Um, I just think in golf we have a hard time, you know, with the idea of, you know, the idea of 72 holes and whoever shoots the best score winning. You really have to think of this event as a continuation of where they were. It's almost like, it's almost like this is the, the, I don't know, the first round is like the second round of a tournament or something because we've got these scores already set up. Yeah, which the format still makes me crazy. I mean, at least once they start, you know, you know where they stand. It's easy to follow, but it's always in the back of your mind that, you know, the the 25th place guy could shoot the lowest 72-hole score this week and get no trophy. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's that's I just think that's hard for golf people to wrap their arms around. But I understand exactly why they did it. FedEx and look, they had already decided this before Tiger won in 08 and 8 2018. And going into that year, they had announced the format change for 19. But it was the perfect example of why they they didn't like the system. Tiger won the Tour Championship. Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup. I bet people would be hard-pressed to remember it was Justin Rose who won the FedEx Cup. Exactly. Tiger got all the attention because he won his 80th PGA Tour title. It was Tiger. The FedEx Cup was totally on the back burner. Two years before, Justin Thomas won the FedEx Cup, and he came to the interview room, and all he did was bitch about not winning the tournament. And and, well, you know, Van, and Xander Shoffley won. He did, and so... So, so Justin's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's great, but FedEx comes great, but, you know, I really wanted to win the tournament. <laughs> so the FedEx people are sitting there going, you know, this isn't really working for us doing it like this, you know. And so um, <clears throat> even though I think tough, make it work, because I like the idea of having a separate tournament winner, you know, and the FedEx is all a bonus, but, you know, so they give, you know, the, there's been three years of this. In two years, the guy who won the FedEx Cup didn't shoot the lowest score, but he still got credit for a win. Dustin Johnson in 2020, and last year was uh, um, was Cantlay. You know, last year, Rom and Kevin Na tied for the low 72-hole score. Their only gain is in the world rankings. They get first-place world ranking points for that. So... You know, it's awkward, but it is what it is. You know, I'm hoping somebody comes from behind and is the low. Not, nothing against Scotty Scheffler. Look, frankly, he deserves it if he gets it. He's had a great year. But I, I like the idea of somebody shooting the lowest score, 72-hole score, and winning the whole thing. And, of course, Scotty Scheffler could do that, too. He would just make it a very boring tournament if he did. And my man, Willie Z, he's on the couch, Bob. <laughs> Poor Willie Z is going to fall all the way to 30th after a great year. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, that's going to be the biggest misnomer ever when people look in the record book and see, oh, wow, he was 30th and, you know, he finished last in the FEDA, in the in the tour championship. Well, not really. He didn't get to play it. <laughs> you know, so, <clears throat> and the fact that he's out of the President's Cup is a little concerning. Very. I've already said that. Very. So, 
Yeah. So does it, any updates on that um, at the press conferences? On Willie Z? Yes. No, only only that, you know, they decide, you know, he's got these, it sounds like two herniated discs. And um, it sounds like, um, you know, they, they, they want to be careful. They don't want to mess around. So <clears throat> they're not going to push it with the President's Cup, which is still, you know, a month, five weeks away. Kind of surprising that he's already out of it. You know, that, that, that to me suggests they know that he's got to shut it down here for a little while. And as we've seen with back problems and disc stuff, you don't want to mess with it. And I don't know that there's anything you can do other than treatment and rest, you know. So um, he's a young guy to be having that happen to. It's kind of, you know, that's why I said it's a little concerning. Especially given he seems like such a wiry, flexible uh, type of uh, body build, you know. I wonder if that's part of it, though. He's... He's wiry, but he's really like he's not big. He's not so at all. Thin. He's so thin, and there's, you know, he swings so hard, so fast. I just it makes yeah some yeah some but of that I, makes me wonder, you know, like if he just doesn't have the body to support all that speed, you know, and maybe that's something that they have to figure out. I mean. I'm sort of out of school here talking, but I, it's something that you wonder about, certainly. Just what what was the overall reaction from the players, Bob, to uh, to Jay Monahan's uh, announcements yesterday? Jay's uh, Jay said there's going to be more to come. I think generally positive. You know, I mean, especially for these guys, it's great for them. I mean, maybe some of them would, they'd be fools to do it publicly. Maybe some of them will grumble about having to play places they don't want to play. But my goodness, you know, uh, you know, if you, if you are in these tournaments um, and, and have any success at all, you have a chance to really do well for yourself. And, and it becomes self-perpetuating in that you're going to keep your world ranking up there. And you're gonna you're gonna probably you know keep the ability to keep qualifying for these events. Um, you know, as as of right now, there's only three cut events uh, as part of this that I'm aware of. Now, the other four they add will be also, but the, you know the the invitationals are short field. It, it just increases your odds of making the cut, which then obviously you know you make the cut and you're playing for twenty million. With 60 guys, it's a lot of money, you know, and so it's a great thing for them. I think what needs to be heard is some of the rank-and-file guys. How does this impact them? Do they have more opportunity now at the other tournaments because there won't be as many highly-ranked players? Will their access to these events become more difficult? Arnold Palmer is 120 players. There's only 20 pip guys. So that field still has to be filled with a bunch of guys who might not be stars, you know. So um, they're still going to get their chances in tournaments like that and, uh, and a lot of others. I think another interesting uh, note, 60% of the winners this year were under age 30. So, um, you know, that, that certainly bodes well for uh, the future of the tour, the you know, the level of competition, and as we talk about every week, uh, new players rising to the top. Uh, Jay Monahan has to, 
I think be uh, feeling good, he said, quote, to now have our top players rallied around this organization. I think our fans, partners, and players are going to love it. So uh, we stay tuned. And uh, all right, I'm going to have you throw that dart. Who's winning that $18 million on Sunday? The ultimate prize on the PGA Tour, Bob. I'm going with Rory coming from six strokes back to start the thing to win it. Now, I like that as, pick. As crazy as that sounds, it's not that big of a deal over four days. You know, so uh, in the opening round, um, they had a lot of rain overnight. Um, so it's, it's preferred lies. There's a good chance to shoot a low one. He needs to shoot a low one today. And I say kind of cut that lead from, from six to three. You know, if he can get within three, you know, going into tomorrow, that, that, that's, you know, look, you can be within three going into Sunday and win. But, but I mean, if you can, if you can whittle that down and, 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 and uh, lower the number of people between you and the top, I think he's got a good chance. So if you three-peat in the FedEx Cup, Bob, where does that put you in terms of your standing in golf history? These are the, the majors and your overall resume. Well, I think it's, it just enhances it. Um, I'm not sure that it goes at the top, certainly, or you know, even maybe secondary. I think, I think obviously the major wins and then just the total wins is a, is a bigger deal. But to be able to throw in there that you won the FedEx Cup three times, and I think he won, won the race to Dubai twice or three times, you know, that means you were the best on the tour that year. And uh, that's, uh, I think that's, a, that's, a, that's an important uh, resume booster to me. And I'd say that's a good reason why he's appearing to be a, uh, the wingman for Tiger Woods right now as – the two of them have really stepped up in this leadership role to uh, lead the PGA Tour forward. So uh, going to be an exciting couple of days, and uh, we will stay tuned, Bob. As always, we appreciate your time. Bob Herrig, catch all of his coverage. He is there swing by swing uh, at East Lake over the weekend. SI.com, sportsillustrated.com. Bob, thanks so much for your time. 